This is the Andy Social Podcast, episode 101. My name is Andy Dowling, and if you don't know who I am, I am a gentleman. I'm a man that plays in a band. I play in the Australian metal band Lord. I also host this podcast, funnily enough, who would have thought? And uh, I gallivant around the country talking to different people from all different backgrounds and professions, whether it be pilots, uh, musicians, documentary filmmakers, professors, authors, uh, TV hosts, radio personalities, just anyone that I find interesting, I plan to have on this podcast. And being episode 101, I've had a few so far, so make sure you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. So right into this week, I have Brad Wesson. Now, Brad is the man behind Soundworks Touring. He also is about to launch a store in Perth called Bumpin' Burger. He's getting into the food industry. This guy is just about to conquer um, another industry altogether. But Brad has been around for the last couple of decades in the Australian music scene, in particular the metal scene. Um, He's been in a whole bunch of bands over the years, but um, probably most notably, uh, he has been the driving force or one of the main factors behind Soundworks Touring that has brought over uh, a whole range of different metal bands over the last uh, decade or so and has really reopened, in my opinion, the uh, Australian metal touring circuit. So for a long time there, Australia was uh, forgotten. There was a bit of a dry patch. And I th- really think that uh, Brad and Dicey really opened up that uh, that window or that doorway for bands to come back to Australia and since then, it's just been exploding. There's a lot of people out there bringing bands and a lot of really, really cool bands coming back to Australia and touring. So um, Brad's been an integral part of uh, reopening that door to our market here. So I caught up with Brad here in Perth. Here in Perth, that's exactly right. I'm recording this intro here in Perth from my hotel room. And uh, we covered all sorts of different things. We spoke about Bumpy and Burger, which is about to be opened in mid-November of 2017. Uh, so we talked about... Uh, the differences of approaching this type of business in this type of industry. And uh, we discovered that a lot of the skills that he's learned over the years and picked up, it's trans translated over into um, building a bricks and mortar store. And uh, it's really, really interesting to hear the progress and see where he's up to at this stage and the impending launch of the impending, it sounds so devastating, but uh, the, the upcoming launch of uh, the Bump In Burger store in Perth here. So um, really, really cool insights. Um, if you're into small business, um, you know, even just from a from a, a self-employed point of view, it's a really cool eye-opener and a great perspective to learn about some of the things that uh, Brad's had to go through um, in getting this up and running. Really, really cool. Um, we also, of course, talk a lot about Soundworks Touring. There's been a merge um, as of recently with uh, Direct Touring. And uh, so there's a lot of cool things there with regards to the continued evolution of Soundworks and Soundworks Direct. So we touch on a lot of that as well. Uh, Brad's also one of the driving forces behind the Hamasonic Festival in Jakarta, Indonesia, which Lord played this year in 2017. Awesome festival. Absolute crazy time to be over there and um, and to experience thousands of people uh, just loving metal. And with Megadeth headlining this year, it was, uh, it was pretty surreal. So um, we touch a little bit on that as well. But um, this is a really, really cool chat. I'm going to stop crapping on. Uh, take some notes if you're a muso or you're somebody that's uh, in the small business world or somebody that wants to be uh, more heavily involved in the music industry. There's some really, really cool insights as to, um, I guess, Brad's perspective on it all and some really key learnings as to you know, how to conduct good business. So enough of me. Enjoy this episode with Brad Wesson. Cheers. How you doing? 
Yeah, very good, mate. Thanks yeah. for having me. Oh, thanks for coming to the luscious Crown Plaza, not the Crown Hotel. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, rocking up to the casino, looking for you. <laughs> oh, I kind of regret it now. Maybe I should have been out at the casino, but uh, never mind. This is uh, it's a bit bit seventies in here, but um, uh, yeah, that's does right. job. <laughs> um, oh, there's so many things I want to talk about, but um, I guess probably the main thing or the the current thing at the moment is the new burger joint. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you want to tell me a bit about that? Well, it's, um, <coughs> pardon me. It's um, something we've been looking at doing for a while. Um, when I say we, like me and my wife, um, it, we'd <coughs> we'd be looking at getting into something like a food interest, you know, something. I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie and I love cooking and all that sort of stuff. I've yeah. got chef mates and all that sort of carry on. And um, I'd, I'd been sort of, sort of, you know, playing around with the idea of getting into something like that. I'd had all these different ideas and nothing kind of sat right. And then um, one day I was uh, down the road from my house in Woodvale in the northern suburbs of Perth and, you know, I was getting some money out of the ATM one night on the way home for the next day or something and just saw this sort of tackle shop that was abandoned and it had been there for about oh, 15 months empty. Mm. And I thought, uh, you know, the business mind, opportunist mind, <laughs> part of my mind, sorry, just sort of, maybe, I, was, I was like, hmm, I wonder what they want for that type yeah. of thing. So, yeah, I just found out who the centre manager was and, and all that sort of stuff and, you know, did a bit of probing around and got the ball rolling <clears throat> and they were very much into the idea of having something in there. But I knew the ball was in my court yeah. uh, and, and the way the market and that was. So, um, you know, and I, I love a good deal. So, you know, I made sure I went into this big corporate office in the city Wearing my uh, my best metal shirts and stuff like that, looking you know as persuasive, an- yeah, as anti as I could do everyone else, you know. So they would look at me, oh, who's this filth coming? <laughs> and um, just sat there, and you know, I-, I was happy for them to look at me like, you know, this yeah. guy, what's this guy know? And um, yeah, just sort of treated it like I would if I was walking into a booking agent's office in the music industry somewhere in LA yep. or New York or-, or London or something, and approached it that way, and got the negotiations underway, and sort of got myself a, a sweet deal and this was back in February this year and sort of went home to my wife and said, uh, yeah, these people are pretty keen. Um, I threw the concept together because I didn't have one mm. um, like the day before and went, oh, yeah, this kind of thing, yeah, you know, yeah. burgers and yeah, fried chicken and beers and stuff and um, they just loved it and said, you know, uh, yeah, how do, we, how do we get you involved? Um, so I was a bit of a smart ass about it and went down and said, oh, well, I'd like you to pay for range hoods and grease traps and put new doors on and rip all this up. And they just kept going, yep, yep, yep. Oof. So I was kind of sitting there going, all right. Is oh. this with like the owners of that, that particular complex or the... Well, the, the, where that shop was built, or who owns that shop? No, it's it's, it's a corporate company that sort of books it. You know, like like you have oh, uh, gotcha. you know, your real estate agents, yeah. or whatever. They do it, at, you know, on a commercial level and. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it, it was weird. I, I, f- I didn't feel uncomfortable or anything. I've kind of felt like, you know, oh, a deal's a deal no matter what you're, you're dealing for. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of kept asking that whole, you know, don't ask, you don't get type thing. And I thought, wow, this is going along very well. And yeah, kind of just, uh, we went from there. And then I said to my wife, Asher, I said, well, shit, I've got to come up with an actual concept now. And <laughs> yeah, so I put it together. And then I thought, oh, you know, what am I going to do? for staff and a chef and stuff like that because, yep. I mean, the touring company keeps us pretty busy and, you know, mm. having three kids and everything that comes with that, life in general. And, um, yeah, so I started to – I knew a chef mate of mine who was, you know, he'd, he'd got off the, the tools and was now back in the trade but um, wasn't really enjoying where he's working. So I kind of made him an offer to sort of, you know, do you want to come and work? Not uh, for me but do you want to be a partner in this sort of thing? And, 
yeah, all these pieces started to come together. And it's one of those situations, Andy, where I think you, you, you take that leap and the net will appear. I know that sounds a bit sort of hippie-ish and whatever, but it's uh, for me, it's one of those things where I, I feel I don't have um, any sort of other discernible life skills. Yeah. So being creating things in business and around things I love is kind of what I have to do to yep. keep going um, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I love it, but um, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of risk and that's sometimes the scariest bit. That can, that can be scary, but it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably what separates uh, really successful people from everybody else who's not willing to take that plunge and just give it a go. So sometimes, as you said, you don't know unless you give it a shot or mm. ask. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's amazing what, the possibilities would be by just simply giving it a shot and asking, but yeah, I mean the risk, the risk factor. I mean, I guess you have to weigh that up as you go. But is have you ever? I mean, I know like there's obviously all the sound work stuff over the years and whatnot, but like prior to that, had you ever sort of put together a business? even resembled slightly what this burger joint is? No. Or is this all completely new ground for you? Yeah, but I guess there's a lot of correlations. I mean, years ago when I got out of school, I worked in restaurants just being a dish pig and a busboy yep. and all that sort of stuff and trying to find my feet. And um, I'd, I'd been accepted into the army. Um, that's all I wanted to do was go and be a soldier. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Did all my army cadets and stuff. And, you know, come from a military family. And it was like, okay, got to go yeah, represent. Okay. You know, it goes right back to World War One and stuff. And, you know, all the oldest sons and stuff like that. And then just, yeah, didn't Royal Military College, Duntroon was the aim. Yep. And um, which I kind of look back at now and go, well, you know, steering your own ship and being in charge of stuff and making stuff work, you know, being a, a bit of a, a leader. I don't mean to sound like an ass, but it's... it's same it all, principles. Yeah, it all, same principles, yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I hadn't done that before, but, you know, we started out, Soundworks came from a rehearsal studio yep. that we bought. And the way that was done was... Um, we were rehearsing there, Dicey, um, who some people out there might know, or, or you know, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we were rehearsing there one night and oh, I just didn't like the state of the room and I yep. complained about it. And the guy goes, oh, you know, what are you going to do about it? I said, mate, we should buy it off you. And I drove home like with a you know, big, well, fuck you guy attitude <laughs> and said to my wife, you know, we should buy it. And I mean, about three months later, I took a mortgage out against my house and we, we bought this thing. He wanted 80 grand for it. And we got it for 35. Oh, and nice. that was the sound, the first Soundworks sort of rehearsal studio. And then we sort of, um, there's all these bands over East, like Psychroptic, Days End, yep. um, lots of different bands, Alchemist, all these bands that we loved that had never been over. And we sort of started bringing these bands over. And next thing we knew, we, we were sort of, you know, had a little sort of domestic touring company yeah. going and it was actually Dave Haley from Psychroptic said to me one day, he goes, Ben, there's this band called Hate Eternal from Tampa, Florida. And I says, got this, this insane drummer, Derek Roddy and Eric Rutan used to be a morbid angel. And I was like, he goes, you know, would you ever think about bringing them out? I said, well, you know, do you want to jump in on it? And Dave, I think he sold some shares or something, threw in 10%. And yep. um, I stupidly, and I do not recommend this, took out another little mortgage on my house to bring out Hate <laughs> Eternal, which in hindsight, you know, but... Um, Telling the bank that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was... Oh, no, 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 it was for a dollar. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it was... Um, that was the start of everything. You yeah, know, got, yeah. got a taste. It made a little profit on that and thought, wow, look at this, you know, I'm, I'm in this game now. And... Um, yeah, from that, Eric and uh, retired and that went away and told people like Alex Webster in Cannibal Corpse and Carl yep. Sanders in Nile about these, you know, these guys down in the, the, the Southern Hemisphere in Australia that are bringing death metal down here. Yep. And no one had 
been bringing, I mean, geez, I think back to maybe the late 90s uh, when death metal kind of new metal came in and death metal got a kick in the ass, mm. you know, um, and that they hadn't been out for so long. So when we bought these tours out, you so know, we were like getting gates. great deals with these guys and they were making good money on back ends and we were, fans were happy these shows were selling out because mm. it was all so new, you know. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a different story now. It's a bit more competitive and there's, you know, uh, a few people out there, but we've, um, we've managed to survive. But to go back to your original question, no, these I'd set up these businesses, but um, like I was saying to you just off, off air before, there's um, there's some correlations in in business, and I I've been able to apply them to setting up this restaurant, um, but um, right through to calling it Bump in Burger Bar, you know, yeah, so it's even yeah, got musical it. names and that, and with the imagery and that associated with it, and the the menu is 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 very musical for the want of a better term with the. The, the names are like burgers, like the Veg Zeppelin and the, the Like a Vegan and all that sort nice. of stuff. I like it. The whole Slayer. <laughs> so. Is that going to be a hot one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you, you can read into that how you will. Yeah, that's so, cool. uh, I think what, what's another one we come up with? The, uh, the, the Chicken Wings, The Annihilation of the Wicked Wings. Oh, yeah, nice. So, yeah, oh, that's like so that. good. So, some people won't get it, you know, your average family that comes in, but we get it and it makes us laugh. And um, yeah, chef we got in there, mate of mine. He, um, yeah, so he was, he was sort of just pottering around and that. And I, I said to him one day, I said, look, man, you know, I, I could pay you the award rate or I could just give you 40% of this business. Yeah. And at first, I mean, my accountant thought I was crazy and all that sort of shit. But I, I know this guy and I, he's like a little brother to me, Chris, Chris Swain, um, Big Mac is his nickname, but he's a metalhead. He sings in a band and all that as well. And he's just got this, uh, something like I see in myself, I see in him and he just, you know, been hitting these walls and stuff. So I was happy to give him an opportunity, but it's also, um, I know that yes, there is the purchasing of loyalty there, which I was very open with him about, yeah. but also, um, I want him to feel it's his, you know, and, and I want him to feel that, you know, if we build this thing and we make another one or we sell it or whatever, he's he's got something to look forward to, not just, you know, oh, I've got to go to work today. No, and, his um, efforts are going to be rewarded. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. man. And, and yeah. he's just grabbed the bull by the horns here, yeah. you know. He's ringing me all the time coming up with shit. And I'm, nice. I'm actually like, oh, man, just call me tomorrow. It's <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's great. And, I mean, we want to surround ourselves with, with a, a team of people like that, that that want to be there, you know. Yeah. We, we want it yeah. to be a good place for people to work and we want it to be a good place for people to come, you know. And, so he's going to be the chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On he's a fully, fully qualified. Is chef. Um, as far as like you mentioned before about you know hiring people and whatnot. I mean that'd be a new thing for you. As far as I mean, obviously you've for Soundworks you've had guys that you've known over the years who who have jumped on board to to help out and become part of Soundworks in various yeah. capacities. But to hire for a burger joint. Um, is that something that would fall more under your side or is that going to fall more under your partner's side? Is that something that's going to work better on his end? That he's going to manage that day-to-day yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're HR side of things with, with the I've casual gone, staff and whatnot? Yeah, I've gone in sort of with a place, you know, we're only like about sort of 80 squares. So we've got a, a front of house that's kind of about, you know, 55 squares in the, in the, the back of house, the, the, the um, kitchen and that. Yeah, it's probably around the, the thirty sort of sort of mark, you know. Um, so I've sort of said to him, you know, you know what what you need in the kitchen. You tell me what you want, and um, and I'll take care of it. So yeah, for the one a better part, I'm I'm going to be sort of you know, handling the human resources and putting it together and dealing with all that. And but I, I look forward to that because we can really vet 
some really good people and and get the right people in there. I don't care if they're some some of the the school kids that come work for us or whatever. And you know, my eleven year old son's already put his hand up, just going, "Oh, can I be a dish pig, Dad?" And so like, yeah, and he goes, "How much do we get paid?" I said, "You you get paid in knowing how to run a small business by the time you're 15. There that's, you that's go. What you get paid. So, <laughs> it's like, oh, that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's been around enough, and he's, I mean, he gets, and of it. course, you know, I'll, I'll just walk past his. Or tin his room and throw twenty bucks in there every now and then or whatever. But <laughs> but I, I think he's he's keen to he's seen a, a solid work ethic with me and and uh, with what my wife does and everything. And um, you know, I think he just is, is a bit inspired by that, and wants to be yep. part of it, and wants to make his own little way in the world. So it's um yeah, I'm not I'm not out for child exploitation or anything here. You know, but um yeah, it's I think it's uh, that that whole end of of um working out who to employ and the right people yeah. and all that. I mean, with Soundworks, I, I could count on one hand in the last 13 years, the people that have left mm. us or uh, I've only had to fire one person, which is pretty damn cool. I think that says a lot about the people we've had around us yep. and, and how Dice and I have run the company that, you know, we're, we must be all right to work with Absolutely. and for or whatever. So yep. I think my, my, I'd say my current assistant, but uh, my assistant, Erin, I mean, she's been with us just coming up on 11 years now yeah. so um yeah we must be doing something right absolutely yeah. and and picking the picking the right people to begin with as well that's key but um have you seen like as you said like a lot of the stuff that you've learned over the years with soundworks and and right back with the with the rehearsal space and whatnot and a lot of that transcends into what you're doing now but have there been new things that you've had to experience with this where you've gone oh shit like i'm out of my depth well not out of my depth but it's a challenge where i'm out of my comfort zone a little bit where you've had to learn things on the fly really quickly uh oh totally i am bumbling my way through this i know yeah. i don't i don't have any idea what i'm doing <laughs> in that way it's like it's um but i i'm happy with that I, I, I like being out of comfort zones i mean yeah. you you, it's, you know being in a band or being a promoter you, you're out of your comfort zone straight away because yeah, there's, yeah. there's no set routine but um yeah it's definitely something um i've had to look at a process and i, I kind of approach it from the angle of um right i don't know what i'm doing i've got to stumble my, my way through this but at the same time i'm creating a system and a, and a cookie cutter method. So if I do go to do this next time, this has all been worthwhile because I, I, I'll be able to punch something out yeah. straight away. Or if a friend said, "Hey, I'm going to do this," I go, "Oh, hey, man, look, just don't make the same mistakes I did." But, but I think we're about four. We were about six weeks behind on our opening date, which was supposed to be the first week of October. So we're going to probably okay. be mid mid uh, November. There's probably two weeks of that that out of been out of my hands with uh, being dicked around by blue tape, uh, red tape, and, and and bureaucratic shit. But um, I, I'm quite. You know, when I go, oh, shit, there's four weeks or whatever behind, I have some of my guys involved in the fit-out who are mates and they just go, man, this is still pretty good for yeah. for first time in. So, um, yeah, but I have an, I have my standard and um, I like to try and stick to it. But I'm, I'm learning as, as I go. Um, but the whole management, I, I love solving problems, Andy. You know, yeah. And it's um, when problems arise, I mean... Um, I, I kind of think if you're sitting there and there's no problems to solve, it's a little bit boring. You know? Well, it's probably a little bit worrying as well because it's probably a really big underlying problem that no one's picked up yet. If you're right. If it's smooth sailing, so yeah, yeah. something just festering and bubbling away there. <laughs> That's you right. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so so uh, you said mid-November. Yeah, I yeah, think so. I, mean, I, was at at, um, I was at Napalm Gig the other night and I said, oh, you know, we're going to open on November 24th. And then someone pointed out to me, oh, isn't that the Perth perturbator date? I was like, oh. okay, so either get the tradies to work faster <laughs> or we'll push back a week. So, um, yeah, but it's, uh, 
yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we'll, we'll get it. And then I kind of thought, oh, you know, opening december is kind of cool too because, you know, it's the start of summer. People yep. have got that vibe about them. They want to go out. Oh, it's too hot to sit at home and, and cook and eat. Let's go out, you know, type yep, thing. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we want it to be a place where, you know, everyone can come, you know. Um, I have got a bit of a thing about it with the whole, you know, my wife is saying, oh, what about having high chairs and all that sort of stuff in there? I was a bit of, bit of soup Nazi type vibe. And I was like, ah, oh, there's a red rooster over the road for that. Yeah, <laughs> thing, but you know, I want a little, you know, Johnny shit face throwing his pickles around and stuff. <laughs> so, but it's, but I mean, you know, everyone's welcome and it's all cool. If you know people come in to be cool, they're going to find we're super cool and yeah. we're open to to looking after everyone. It's hospitality, so um, yeah. But it's, uh, I think, I, there's something I got taught in business a long time ago, and that's you don't need every customer. Um, yep. You know, and look after the ones that are loyal to you, mm. and vice versa, and word will spread. So, um, I think if you just go in with the right attitude and you present um, a good vibe, and, and you, you you put that into your employees and all that as well, mm. uh, they're going to be happy in their workplace. That's going to reflect to the customers. It's going to reflect through the food and and everything like that too. So, um, I, I just think a, a lot of common sense is what yeah, it comes down absolutely. to. Absolutely, and I mean, word of mouth massive. And and actually, I was, I was thinking about this. Um, today when I was flying over because I mean you got a pretty good network of people yeah. and you built that over the years but and I guess I, well, I assume you've got a pretty good network of people in Perth anyway just from being here for, for so long but um, what sort of strategy do you have in place when you launch this launch this place when it's open like from a marketing point of view how, how are you going to get word out are you going to rely on your inner core of people to to come in first and then sort of spread the word and make it organic or are you going to try a few other tactics to... Well, that key word there, organic, is a big thing. And I went um, to a company called Think Tank here in Perth. I looked at a couple of places in Melbourne they, they, that had done some really successful stuff. And I thought, no, I'm going to go on ground here to someone, yep. and it's a dear friend of mine, Scott Miller. And he he um, he sort of said to me, man, look, if we, if we approach it this way, um, and, and he'd set up a number of these places and he does a lot of work for festivals like Origin and that over here and a lot of um, merchandise sort of apparel shops and he's got a few of his own interests and all that sort of going on and he, he said, look, you know, we can just sort of present this like, oh, here we are and we're the best and this is what we do. He goes, but the, he put it perfectly and he goes, but people know when they're being bullshitted too nowadays yeah. and especially younger kids in this new generation, they know even more. I look, I look at my young kids, a 10, 11-year-old, uh, 12 year olds and they they can pick me straight away you know so <laughs> I, I gave up on that a while ago but yeah I think if you again you're just honest and transparent with people you know um, so there's a solid network because we we didn't want to go into the the North Bridges or the the Mount Lawleys or the city where not yeah. only is rent high but you know everyone's in there there's a certain expectation we thought let's you know I'd lived in this area for 13 years up uh, north of Perth here in Woodvale and I thought let's bring something here to the suburbs and it if I was going to do another one, I'd do it again in the suburbs. Mm. Right? Um, so you, you've got the option. Then you go. You can go out through the school communities. You can go out through the community socials. You can go out through sports clubs and things like that. And we found when we just started putting up these A0s on the window saying coming soon and all that, through a few things on some local social media yeah. things. I went down to a netball game probably the following day and, you know, we we're getting surrounded by kids and parents going, oh, is, is that you guys? When's it yeah, opening? Cool. And, and if you... If you're just honest and upfront with people and, and they can see that and you, you do that through your Instagram, your website, social media, you use what's out there, where people go to where people are, you mm. know, and um, just just be honest and up, up front with them, you know. Um, yeah, we're not here to be, 
you know, Hungry Jackson, we're not here to be the best hipster 12 stacker high burger <laughs> in town. It's like we're going to sit right in the middle there and it's, it's just going to be a cool place. I've taken a lot of influences from my travels around the world with, with music, especially, um, you know, through the US and stuff like that and just been making notes over the years of yep. things I'd like. And, um, yeah, we want the place to feel that way too, something a little bit different, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, um, as you said before, it's you don't have to stress about trying to win everybody over if you can find your little niche of people and being out in the burbs is so much better because you can, for, for a lack of a better term, you can be a big fish in a small pond, yeah. but you can have a, a more dramatic impact because you're going to be different yeah. and you can directly touch those people in the community. Whereas if it's a more built up area, you've got so much more distraction and uh, for the, for that local area, so out there, it's it's a lot a lot easier to get their initial attention. Then, obviously, as you said, like if you can produce and you can produce mm. quality and 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 good service and hospitality, then they'll come back, and, and that's that organic word of mouth that comes out of it. Yeah, and there's the other side to it too, where you know it's like everyone knows your name, you yep. know, kind of thing. So you you have to kind of be on top of your game, you know. Um, I know I was joking before about, you know, kicking kids out or whatever, but you have to be careful with that because if you did that in the city or something like that, there's always foot traffic and there's someone yep. else coming in. You do that out in the suburbs and you live in that area, all of a sudden the mums at school are talking about mm. something like that. So you've got to kind of butter both sides of the mm. bread and be, be a bit smart about it like that. But, um, yeah, but if I think if you if you use the, the sort of promo to the right effect and you're just a good dude about it and, you know, you're upfront and honest with people and people can see how you are um, and you're providing a good service and all that yeah. sort of things. Well, then, you know, it'll kind of smooth itself out. But, um, you know, that that's the, the – I, I did speak a lot with my wife about this. Like, well, am I making the right decision here? Because what if, you know, the gossipy people and, you know, what small communities can be like and stuff like that. But it just came down to what you said at the start. If you just, you know, be organic and – and sort of transparent, it's, you know, um, you should be right. So I'm about to find out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're on the, on the brink, of, uh, brink of finding out. Um, I, I think um, you put up a post a while back, was a couple of months ago, and um, it was one of your progress shots. And it might have even been um, your shot front when you put the, the pictures on the window or oh, yeah, coming yeah, yeah. soon and whatnot. And um, there's a comment about, oh, you should like totally be like catering for like all of your Soundworks tours or be getting all your Soundworks ba uh, tour acts to be coming through the store to eat in the afternoon or whatever. And I think you'd hinted something along the lines of that, like we're, we're several steps ahead. Um, is that something like from a long-term point of view, you can see this being more than just that shop in that area? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would never want to be one of those franchisey type places. And we've had a few people sort of say to us in that sort of marketing branding area, oh, man, this, uh, even some friends in Melbourne in the, in the restaurant biz go, oh, wow, you can see, you know, this could, you could pepper this around mm. everywhere. But I've got no interest in that. I don't want it to be like a McDonald's type thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I had some friends in Hobart sort of say, uh, you can read between the lines here, like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to sort of open one up down mm. there. And I'd be totally into that. Just like, you know, let's, I'd, I'd license it, mm. you know, let's, yeah, flip yep. a bit for the name and you take it, run your own thing, set it up so it's it's perfectly set up for your demographic yep. or something down there and maybe another one here if it takes off. But, um, yeah, I sort of just want to really get that first one going and, and go from there. Cause not jump a, the gun too early. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot to recoup <laughs> on at the moment, so oh, they're, they're not cheap to do. But, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I just think if you go too far like, there's a couple of places over here that already one joint's gone well and then they've gone out and there's four or five of them around and you can drive around you see one's working one's not yeah. and all that sort of stuff and that could really 
turn around and bite you on the ass and eat back into the other store and one store starts paying for two stores if you know what I mean so it's um it's not something I I want to do like I'm I'm hell bent on it being a good brand and looking good and 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 being having a good sort of social media presence but it really does come down to what the vibe is like in that place when you're sitting there when you're having a feed how our staff are and most importantly what the food's like you know yep. you want people walking away from that thing going that's awesome I want to come back are these um the basis of what you're selling as far or what you're making are they recipes that you've put together or is it a mixture of different people that have are in within your inner circle of friends and family that have come up with things over the years and you've blended it's, it together? It's a, some of it, so how would I put it? Like, again, lots of travels across the US and stuff like that. Yep. Things I know that I've liked, gone, oh, I've come back and gone, oh, how do you make that? And sort of worked out how to do it. And um, then with, uh, with Chris, the chef on board, you know, the guy's a gun and he knows his shit. So it's like, he'll say, oh man, try this and, whatever i'll bring an idea to the table and he'll refine it yeah cool. type thing yeah. so we kind of bounce each off each other really well like that um but yeah i think keeping the menu simple to a point too not bombarding people with 18 different options oh, yeah. you know and confusion get it's overwhelmed like, and, yeah, yeah you know you just you know a few nice little things there that you know people can go right and so when they come back they can want to try each single one you yeah. know type thing but you yeah, might swap things out on the menu every now and then but um yeah for the most part as I say, being a bit of a foodie and someone who loves to cook, that's that's my sort of zen place, you know, just to, yeah, to sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, just roast a hot one and put some tunes on. That's cool. And, you know, grab a glass of wine or beer or whatever and, and just, you know, cook. It's it's a little escape place. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people in the music industry that are that way. I mean, um, Trevor Perez from Obituary got me into slow cook smoking. Yeah, right. And okay. like with the off-barrel, offset barrel smoker, which was then... Toddy from King Parrot. So I said, oh, that's the same rig I've got. So oh, right. at one point there was little Skype conversations going on about how, how to season meats and do all this sort of stuff. And it was that was kind of a big foray into that for me about six years ago or so. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, so I've always got some ideas to throw down on the table. And, I mean, chefs can sometimes get bogged down in – um, you know, just doing the job because yep. I mean, good line chefs they like craftsmen. They're no yep. different to a good carpenter or a sparky or Absolutely. whatever. So they're just punching stuff out, and they um, often don't have time to be creative. And you know, head chefs don't like sometimes having these creative dudes on board because they yep. they rock. They, they just you know disrupt the line. But um, so. I'm really weary of that. Like I'll say to Chris, hey, you know, so I'll, I'll be a bit creative with it sometimes and he'll go, oh, I didn't even think of that, man. I was too busy mm. just thinking of how these things yep. actually go together. Mm. Um, so I'll say we, we bounce off each other a lot like that. So um, The yin and yang. Yeah, and I think, yeah. you know, we're, yeah, we're like 10 years and a day apart in, in birthdays and we're both <laughs> mad metal fiends and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a pretty loud kitchen down there. So, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I, I'm going to try and um, work from there as much as I can with all my sound work stuff too, which would be cool, you know. So, uh, but I want to go in the kitchen when I've got some downtime and get my hands dirty and, yeah. you know, just I'll be a kitchen and I'll chop shit up or, you know, do dishes, or whatever. <laughs> I don't care because it's also a good look to, to your staff, you That's know, to so go, wow, you know, the boss doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. So we better, we better sort of crack on with it too. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, so you mentioned before about bringing the sound work stuff um, over to the location just so you can be close to the action. Um, how's that going to impact your workload with Soundworks? Because no doubt that's kept you busy over the over the past 10, or 10, 15 years or however long it's been. Yes. How's that going to impact it? Oh, not too much, actually. We've got such a good sort of system and team around us with Soundworks now. Yeah. And, I mean, that business can be run anywhere. You can plug in a laptop. 
say, you know, in the back of a tour bus or in a hotel room or at home or Mm. or whatever. And I did run an office space for quite a while. And then I thought, oh, you know, so we sold that off and moved into the sort of this nice sort of front room space in our house where we've been for the best part of 10 years. Um, So I thought, well... You know, if I want to, I'll just turn that into a theatre room or something at home and, and just take my laptop down and grab one of the tables when we've got a bit of quiet time. So, I mean, I just sit down and <clears throat> run the admin of that that restaurant anyway and, you know, pay bills and staff and all that. So, punching out emails and putting tours and that together uh, and, you know, there's some changes that have happened within Soundworks which has allowed me to delegate off to other partners and that they're involved now. So it, it, it really does sort of – the timing is just right. Like uh, it, a year or so ago, it would have been uh, not the right time to do it. Yep. And maybe next year it might not might have been the right time, but yeah. right now is the right time. It's that that's, sweet spot, the Goldilocks. Oh, so yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah, the bed's comfy. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, I know that you probably can't get into too much detail on this, but um, I've certainly noticed over the last few tour uh, posters that have been put up that um, the, uh, the there's been a bit of a name change. So now yeah. it's Sandwich Direct. Yes, um, I can sort of elaborate on that part a little bit. So <clears throat> my good friend, dear friend Dave Haley, uh, who plays in Psychroptic and uh, as, as was yeah, it was involved in. Hate Eternal and the first time we did Behemoth. Yep. I think that was another one of Dave's ideas, which which went really well. But Dave never wanted to pursue the um, the tour promoter side of it because Psychroptic was just starting to take off and it was all just before Observant and all that sort of mm. stuff, So, um, which I always respected and um, you know, ended up moving in and, and, and managing that band for a while and, and whatever. And then Dave and I had sort of came and went. We had our, our ups and downs and a pair of stubborn bastards and didn't talk for a while there. And... <laughs> Uh, I think as I was telling you before, you know, then our wives were all in our ears like, oh, you guys are just buffoons, go have a beer or something. So <laughs> eventually we did and um, Dicey was my business partner and, and my best best mate, my, my, he's, he's like family to me, you know. Yeah. Um, he, he said last year, in December last year, hey, June 30th next year, I want to sort of move away from Soundworks and <clears throat> it was kind of like, oh, okay, that's a bit, bit hard to sort of hear but, you know, um, what sort of person would I be if I sort of kept someone there yeah, for yeah. the reason they didn't want it. It's, um, so he, he wanted to step aside and, and then we've kind of dragged him back in as a publicist and tour manager and he's, he's happy as a pig in shit there. But um, I thought, do I run this myself or do I reach out to someone? I thought, well, you know, Dave's doing stuff similar to me. Maybe I'll speak to Dave and say, hey, you know, unity is strength. What do you reckon? Mm. Um, and I also expected Dave just go, nah, I'm, uh, um, not, not from any other reason that, Dave's got his own idea, his own vision, and no, I'm mm. doing my own thing, and I've got a, an eye on the prize here. Yep. And it was the same thing. Like he just kind of uh, like, like what we did with the, the chef with the restaurant. He's just like, oh yeah, you know, I've always respected you guys regardless. So I'd, I'd love to be involved. And I kind of thought, oh look, man, if you just want fifty percent, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> and so he went, oh well, you know, I'll bring in Thrash Blast Grind and Direct Underground and yep. things like that. Things that, that were really successful for him and his contacts and. We just haven't looked back. It's been about, what, four months now and what have we done? We've got Napalm, we've got um, Winter Sun out there, we've got Perturbator out there and we're yep. about to announce another one tomorrow. So, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and there's two more that we're looking at for next year. So it's it's uh, it's been one of the, the coolest things and it, it, speak about organic. Like, you know, we'll, we'll send each other giddy little schoolgirl messages sometimes like, man, this is so fucking cool working with you. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus. But it's um, he's the perfect partner to be in this with because um, we're both very upfront and honest with each other. Um, we're both very good with the, the finances sort of thing 
and um, yeah, we just we just see the same thing, and we're not afraid to say no to each other or yeah or whatever. That's something yeah. that's come out of this whole sort of twelve years of friendship that, that Dave and I have had. That's now turned into a a really cool sort of yeah. business that we're running together. And you know, we're not out to to take over the world. You know, you've got the Live Nations and the Chugs and all that, and they all do their their shit, whatever. But we just want to continue doing what we're doing. And I mean, okay, we can put these tours out there. We can make a bit of coin. Sometimes we lose, whatever. But it couldn't be done without all these people coming out to these shows. So yeah. I've always thought that Soundworks, as much as it's my company, it as much belongs to the Australian metal public as it yep. does to me, you know, if that sounds, without sounding corny, because, you know, without them coming to the shows, we don't well, have this chicken and the egg type yeah. shit, you know. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we've always sort of felt that way, that, you know, we're happy to look at people's opinions and, and or listen to them and, and have a look and take things on board and, and not just sort of push it all aside. So, and Dave sees things the same way. He's very giving like that. He's very uh, respectful of the community out there, um, which is a, a good thing for, for both of us and for everyone else as well. So, um, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's exciting. I mean, even in the last, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm saying probably in the last couple of years, I've seen you guys branch out a little bit with the types of acts that you're bringing over. Yeah. Um, are you still going in that direction or with Dave on board? Because Dave's been sort of, especially his last few tours on his own, they've been very much like on the extreme metal side and yeah. that's his that's his niche and that's what he's really good at. Are you, are you going to sort of go back into that metal world or are you going to continue to expand and broaden? Oh, we'll we use the, the, say the two cellos, for example. Yeah. Dave, Dave wants nothing to do with it. As, <laughs> as big and successful as that tour is, it's the biggest thing I've ever been involved with. Um, both like crowd turnout size, yep. venue size, um, financial turnovers, all that stuff. But um, when I said to Dave, I sort of said, oh, look, man, this is, um, you know, if you want to look at it, I can bring it. He goes, nah. He goes, I'd feel uncomfortable. He goes, you, yep. you, you built that one up and, and that's yours and, and all that. But it was funny because I, so I did the same with Cannibal Corpse and Dave Palm, but Dave's, yep. Dave's all up in that, <laughs> so, so, which I just love because that's just Dave being yeah. just metal as all hell. So would you separate if like, would you still be open to doing things like that and then you just handle them independently? Yeah, that's how we'll do that next time. So yeah. I've got a partner in Melbourne, um, Brad Drummond um, from Nice Events, who um, we are actually introduced at a, what was it, a, a New York Dolls gig that Brad oh. had out that wasn't doing too well. And our mutual mate, uh, Shrimp, the tour manager, Simon Christian, he, he's like, oh, you, you two eggheads should probably meet. You know, you, you see things pretty similar. And then Drummond and I just kind of got this really good sort of business relationship going and we, we both like to, talk under wet cement so it was like <laughs> yeah something we kind of you know we'd gone off traveling around the world together drumming up business and stuff like that and i think it was back around 2014 i was leaving to go over to london and you know just go and speak to agents about metal stuff and my son is a second year or at the time he was getting ready to go to uni to study french horn and all that sort yeah. of stuff and i was just sitting there one night having a, having a beer or whatever and this uh, two cellos live in Pula in Croatia came on. I was like, man, these guys are shredding. Look at these like electric cellos and stuff. And Isaac's just said, oh, dad, yeah, these guys used to be out in John's band. And well, wow, they're awesome. And I thought, oh, I wonder if that would work down here, if they can have that many people there. Um, I didn't know that they'd put that gig on for free in, in Croatia and that they'd just basically open the doors and let everyone mm. in because they wanted to film this big thing. I just thought, wow, that's how big they are. And um, so I looked at who the agent was and it was in the same building. So in London, so just... Said, oh, I'll put my head in the performing arts department there and sort of said, hey, you know, hi, how are you going? <laughs> and uh, a big promoter in Australia had passed on it. So I said, oh, we'll do it. Um, we'll have a crack. And we got him on this phenomenal deal. 
And I think in six days we'd sold out like the forum, a thousand capacity venue yeah. in Sydney and a and, uh, thousand capacity at Eaton's Hill in Brizzy. And then I went, okay. And everyone was the management, the, um, uh, the us, the, the fans, the guys, everyone was kind of blown away. And then I'd never bought a band back within seven months. Seven months later, we bought them out. We're doing like 2,000, 2,500 a night. Uh, the last tour we did was between two and three thousand, and we did the the Opera House with yeah. a seventy piece Sydney Symphony Orchestra and Guy Noble conducting, and it was all filmed for Foxtel Arts for their DVD and Fuck. all this sort of stuff. So it was, yeah, you know, I think just like, from you popping your head and yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and, and now we'll do another one next year and and all that sort of stuff, which um you know sort of me and my wife will do together and and with with uh, with drummer as well. So, yeah. um you know, it's but. I, Honestly, it's okay. That it's a good, it's a good cash earner, all that sort of stuff. But they are the most phenomenal people to work with. They're wonderful guys. They travel. I think they just expanded their tour party to five people, including the two musicians, the oh, three really? musicians. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. We had to convince them to bring another production guy out. It's like you know, which makes me laugh when you see yeah. a, you know, a big metal band coming out going, "Oh, we've got to." And they they fly out here economy class, man. Oh, Those really? guys do Different very well. World. Yeah, they they just like. They're just quite humble amongst yeah. themselves, and I mean, they they were spotted by Elton John, and he dragged them into his band, and they are the masters of YouTube, using YouTube as their own radio channel. Yeah, because a similarity, say with metal, even though it's classical, they're they're reinventing certain songs or um, reinterpreting, I should say, certain songs. They just have this thing that no one's ever going to play us on the radio. Hmm. That's not going to happen. So we have to create our own outlet. Yeah. And when I first heard that, I was like, "You just don't know how similar that is to like metal dudes. Yep. You know, just put your recordings out and slug it and tour. That's it. And they love the fact they love working, and it's global for them. They love working with small independent promoters. They don't really have any interest in the the, the big corporate promoters and stuff like that. So, um, I guess yeah. it goes back to that organic thing. They can build up a really good groundswell with yeah. low overheads. Yeah with people that are probably really enthusiastic because they are small in comparison to some of the other guys out there. So they're going to be more enthusiastic and invest more in like energy and effort into them. Yeah. They're going to get better return on investment for, for working in those smaller relationships. And then obviously where that goes after that, who knows, but even just in Australia, just in those yeah. two tours. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, just, it just insane. It's, it's like nothing I've seen. Like the, the demographic is, you know, five year old kids through to 70 year old, Nanas and yeah. I <clears throat> were going back through some ticket sales once, and there's very rare do you see just one ticket bought because yeah, they're like okay. doubles or families or yeah. or whatever. So um, yeah, I think it's the only shows my folks have actually come to. <laughs> I can't get mum to a cannibal corpse gig, but nah. and then she sits like, oh, you know, so proud of you, love all the. It's like well, you do know we do other stuff, right? Like <laughs> this is just one thing, you know. So I'll get the token, yeah. You know, I think I'll oh, have fun on that napalm thing you're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, thanks. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, mum. Um, you mentioned a little little while back where you uh, first started out, sort of making Soundworks into a touring company, and then bringing over Hate Eternal. And you can see this opening where there wasn't a lot of bands getting a lot of opportunity here for quite a few years. It was just dry. Yeah. But as you said, there's been quite a few other guys that have popped up since then. Um, is it? I mean, we're a small we're a small market in comparison to other places around the world. Is it is it competitive? Is it oversaturated? Do you think there's there's challenges now with is there too many people or is it? Well, can everyone still just 
get on and do their thing. Yeah, that's where you got to be choosy, like and picky with what you do. And I mean, that's that that bit us on the ass. Like, let's say going back, we did we did this two chives thing. We thought, oh, now we're going to be we're going to create this market. And we went out and did things that you know cost us phenomenal amounts of money, uh, seventy grand losses on tours and shit like that. And we were, we were like, oh my god, what have we done here? And we went and um, chased doing tours through agents and managers to get to bigger things that were then getting yep. handed over to the bigger guys. And we, we lost a phenomenal amount of money one year. And it was kind of like, we've got to go back to our roots and do what we do and do it very well. And we've got a lot of loyalty from some of these acts, the Cannibal Corpses, the Napalms, the Owl Storms and yep. Behemoths over the years. So we just focus back on to what we're doing there. But I mean, um, we've been doing this for a long time now and, and we're one of the ones that have been here for the, yeah. the 10 years or so. But or plus, but yeah, we've seen people come and go. We've seen you know people pop up and and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, there's there's companies out there that spread themselves thin. But they want to. We we love what we do. We love working with the acts that we do. Some mm. promoters out there, it's all just ah, uh, just get that tour, get that through, tour through, and there's no personal touch. And you know, the, I, I looked at that whole angle of like ah, oh, stuff it. You know, and I know when we first did something like the cellos or whatever, people would look at us and go, oh, you know, they're just doing all this for the money and all that sort of stuff. Initially, we had no idea that that's how it would go. Mm. But you know, who's going to say no to that sort of thing no when way. you when you can do it? So, yeah. uh, as I said to you before, they are just wonderful people to work with. Mm. Um, but we've sort of refined that back now, and working with with Dave Haley there and doing the Soundworks Direct thing really, really sort of gets that back to where it should be with the metal side of things. And Soundworks Direct will always just be metal stuff whereas if i go out and do something like soundworks during australia presents that's me doing something with another partner to do these other things Taking but bigger risk yeah but i mean so, i've yeah. looked at, we've looked into some food sort of things as well um to do you know there's a lot of interest in barbecue and all that at the moment and you know we're speaking to a few different agents about you know sort of those sorts of tours and um you know sort of solo you know some of your tv celebrity dudes that yeah, okay. you know travel around the world eating and make shows and stuff that we've we've talked to and all that and maybe that's the thing um you know maybe it's not i'm a bit apprehensive you know because mm. we have so we have been bitten by some things in the past and do i just stick to this but uh, for the main, for for the sort of near future, it is all just about all these metal tours to us. So, yeah. yeah. But even with metal now, like, I won't name the other guys out there, but there, there's still quite a few out there that are bringing bands over. Yeah. Do you see, do you see that there's like a... Is it oversaturated with the amount of people? Like, oh. do bands have too many options now or is it... I mean, is it healthy? Is it, I is don't it, think it's so much oversaturated. It's just... No one communicates. There's been like these little rivalries and that over the mm. years, uh, which I just don't give a shit about anymore. I'm just yep. too busy focusing on my own stuff. But um, yeah, we've never poached or taken a band off someone else. We've had it not so much happen to us, but we've caught people out trying to do it, yep. um, which, you know, it's, it's very hard to turn around and then go, oh, next time in town, let's go out for a beer with that particular person because, <laughs> you know, you know their agenda. Yeah. Um, and people don't like getting called out, I've found out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, then don't be a shit cunt. Yeah. But, um, yes, I'm allowed to say that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, be a Gary. But, um, it's, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll get back to that too. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, I don't know if saturation's a thing. Like, you've got promoters out there that want to put out 20, 25 tours a year. Yeah. And you would, if you go back and look over our sort of situation over the years, we, we, we're kind of that seven to ten like tens a busy year yeah but i'm happy with around seven tours a year just because of not just the workload but we know we can punch them out 
Um, we've been our own competitor yeah. at, at some time. And I was worried about this particular situation, this run now, but then we, the tours are very diverse, you know, mm. especially oh, I'm into things like, like Perturbator, for example, which has never been done before, yeah. you know, and it's, it's got that, it's like with the two Chelsea thing where we're doing something that no one's done down mm. here before. I, I did it because I thought it was a cool thing and I really liked the music and, and, and the way it's presented. I, I do see it as a, a future of heavy music, whether it's the right thing or whatever to traditional folks like mm. you and I. It is going to be something, and it is yeah. the way it's going. And I mean, Perturbate himself is a is a black metal guitarist, so it's not like he's some sellout guy. It's still yeah. very dark and heavy. But I, I really spin spins my wheels doing the new stuff. Like mm. you know, Winter Sun never been down here, and yeah. you know that's what we're kind of looking for now is you know to make that mark again because that that was the. Um, that was the buzz back in the day 10 years ago. It was like doing the shit that hadn't been done or, or hadn't been done for a long time. So I think with the saturation, we're not a company that is a um, – I can speak for Dave here too. We're not a throw shit at the wall and see what sticks type, mm. type operation. So well, some are, and they're out to impress agents, and, that, and that's why they're pumping out so many tours, and, and their cash flow needs it because they've got a high amount of staff, and they yeah. need to pay all these things, so that cash flow has got to keep rotating around where, um, you know, we can we can afford to get, get everything moving and, and just sort of, you know, and kick along with it. And we have a few other outside interests, so, you know, um, that, that sort of bring cash and that as well. So we don't have to sit there and just go, oh, this is it, you yeah. know. So, um, you don't have to get desperate and make those sort of high-risk decisions that, as you said, just throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks. You can be a bit more methodical and calculated about what you, what you more so what you choose not to take on rather than what you take on well calculate the word like calculated risk you know yeah. people people hear risk and go oh holy shit but if you if you go into your, your your sort of your endeavor or whatever with um you know a calculated risk yeah okay that's not a 100 percent guarantee it's going to work no. but it's sort of if you've done your homework you can go into that with a with a pretty safe mind, going okay, right. It's like and protecting your downside as much as you can, anyway. Well, totally. Yeah. And like like where I rocked up earlier on at the casino, you know, you don't <laughs> you don't go to the casino with more than you can afford to lose. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, and that's where a lot of people sort of, you know, um, you know, a bit of ego, ego can come into this sort of business very quickly. And I've yeah. been guilty of it back in the day, and kind of, um, yeah, kind of had to sort of pull my head in and. So going okay, let's let's not let that creep in because mm. yeah, going out to kill, crush, destroy, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it you know it's it can happen to the best of them, the biggest ones, as we've seen. You yeah. know, so um, yeah, there's just no no place for that really. And I mean, there's a place you you can be like that, but just learn from it. Yeah, you know? um, if you don't, that's where you're stuffed. I think um, you definitely need, and this is I mean slightly different to what you just said, but um, you definitely need that uh, that abrupt part of your personality to be able to work in that business in general anyway. You oh, need for sure. to be able to have, not be afraid of, confrontation is not the right word, but you're not, you, you can't steer away from confrontation when it's necessary. Oh, exactly. Don't and go looking for it, but when it presents itself, you, have to, you have to deal with it. You have to be able to say no. Uh, yeah. And um, I've certainly seen that you've been quite vocal over the years with certain things and calling out bullshit when things aren't uh, going the way that they should, whether that be you know, a, a particular city not uh, not picking up ticket sales or whatever and, and basically saying, look, you, you guys aren't going to get another tour. But it used to be future. Adelaide, now it's Perth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But also, like, bands that might not be fulfilling an agreement or something along those lines. So, I mean, far out. Like, that's uh, that would be an absolute mindfuck to deal with because I'm sure every tour would have 
at least a small element of it of somebody somewhere in the ranks whether they're actually on the tour party themselves or someone back back at the office who's who's causing grief yeah well i mean that that recent one in may this year with that uh the band from la that, that, yep. that didn't get out here they that was not an easy thing to do because i'd known particular individuals in that band for a long time um and there was a band on tour that headlining it that we were very close friends with and tight with and i had to be very careful not to affect or tarnish anything else but we had to stand up for what we knew had to be said Mm. um so we thought long and hard and we it wasn't something we just came out with we watched like we got fed bullshit from the time we were up in the hamasonic festival um yeah which which you were part of mm. this year as well and it all started there and it just started to roll we knew where it was going to go we knew it wasn't going to happen but we thought oh, we'll play it by ear let's let's give these guys benefit of the doubt and then when it just started to get the the bullshitometer was just off the chain it was just like enough and we got to brisbane and i said to dice i said when we get to the hotel we've got to punch this thing out and, and put out some sort of presser and i he was literally at a computer on the we're in like a little apartment and he had his computer out and we're sharing it with the the wonderful sean lacan mr putrid pile <laughs> one of our dearest friends we've met in this whole thing he's just wonderful and, shots. yeah he's mad i love him <laughs> and <laughs> mad in a good way but um yeah anyway i was actually just i was literally sitting on the dunny with the door open <laughs> started dropping some friends off just dictating to Dicey. He said, come on, man, we've got to get this done and get over to the loading and sound check. And, and then he goes, right, I think I've got it. We'll just quickly have a look at it. And we yeah, read it this week. Yep, that's cool. Yep. We're only going to find out one way. And we put it out there and there was a bit of nervousness about the backlash we were going to cop. And I ran it past one of the guys in the headline band. They just like, man, that's so well articulated and it's, it's true and what you've put out. And it all came out in the wash when we copped stuff all flack and mm. it went in the direction it did and I, I still feel sorry for that particular individual because of what he was going through and everything and I, but I reached out to him on the side and just said man you know come on it's mm. you know, I feel for you but I can't have my company attacked like this yeah. you know I, I need to stand up for what's mine just as much as you do yours and yeah I, it was taken the right way um some people got way out of line and as people do you know all the keyboard warriors and the trolls mm. on, on on the net nowadays and it was kind of like oh man there's no need for that like this guy's struggling obviously you yeah. know he's a musician and he likes writing albums and touring something's obviously got in the way yeah you know give the guy a break but he made his bed and he had to line it and i you know, hope it all, all works out and they they you know he pulls that thing back together because it's yeah. a very good band it's um yeah man it's, it's just i don't know if i'd had the resilience to be able to I mean, that's, that's a more extreme example. That yeah. sort of stuff doesn't happen all the time. I but hope it never happens again. No, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But um, but I guess, you know, I mean, I just know from being a kid and, and learning how to, to bump in, bump out at, at shows and yep. wanting to be a roadie before I joined a band and dealing with, like, just old dudes in the music industry and just going, oh, man, like, these guys are really tough to talk to. They're just, they're not friendly people. Surly pricks. <laughs> and, and and most people are really cool. Like, yeah. since over the years, like, everyone's, everyone's really good, but you always come across somebody in a party that's just... They're they're not they're not a social creature, or they're not terribly uh, terribly accommodating, or there's something there. There's some eclectic or little weird thing that they've got that you have yeah. to try and manage. And I actually, um, I don't expect you to go into detail with any of this sort of stuff, but like even with band writers and things that people request on tours, 
Um, I can only imagine that there'd be like just crazy stuff that you have to try and manage with these personalities as well. Well, going back, you'd have to be able to say no. You know? so <laughs> but I mean, everything within reason, you know, yeah. like I, I think one of the funniest, I mean, the band's not around anymore. It's such a shame because they're awesome. But the, the band Isis, like they, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we did them once in um, <laughs> in Perth. I think I brought a show off Dave Batty from Custom Made, Dave, another champion out there. And um, anyway... <laughs> I went through the rider and it had um, what did it have meditation TP and it had the measurements and all this sort of stuff. And I, I went out. I, I, I thought, oh shit, what am I going to do? Oh shit, if I do, I, maybe I get some bamboo and I'll, I'll make one and bring it in and all this sort of stuff. And because when I was downstairs telling the guys. Um, okay, we're back. We had a slight uh, interruption there. Battery, battery failure. Um, so just to, I guess, put a full circle on this, uh, the Bump-In Burger joint that you're opening looks to be open or will be open in mid-November. Yeah, early December, very latest. Yep. Yeah. Um, got a couple of tours on the go at the moment. And you mentioned earlier about a tour that will be announced tomorrow. And with this podcast being out in a few weeks, um, do you want to let uh, the listeners, well, the listeners already know by the time this is out, but do you want to drop it now? Yeah, mayhem. The, uh, the Mysterious Tour, so it's yeah. going to be a, a bit of a belter. So I mean, it was all supposed to have wrapped up um, sort of, I think, 2017. But we've, um, yeah, we've, we're kind of the last ones wow. to get it. So, yeah, we had to sort of tap it into early next year. <sighs> and that's going to be that's gonna be a pretty big one for, for here. Yeah, definitely. It's a killer lineup. Um, a couple of really good Australian bands and possibly a, Another international is main support, and there's a, a fairly big show that's going to go down in Tasmania as part of it as well. So, huh? Yeah. But, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So it's, uh, it's it's um seems to be a lot happening in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. They've uh, they've got that thing going on. Down yeah, there, that's now. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to Tassie in a, in a in a few weeks, so I've got to track down some certain people that are that um, seem to be doing quite a bit down there. So we might have to have a chat off uh, off air about that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, cool. Fuck, that's um that's pretty full on. Um so between all of that, and no doubt there's gonna be a million other things that are gonna be on the go or in, in the pipeline, uh, it's gonna keep you pretty busy. Yeah, your, your hands yeah. are full. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, yeah, so before with the um you know, the I had to walk away from my son's cricket stuff and then there's the the Hamasonic Festival stuff in March next year and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So it's um it, it definitely keeps us busy, but it's it's fun, Andy, you know, like I just yeah. Like to be, like to chill sometimes, but you know, if just after you know, if you have a lazy day, just kind of the next day, think, oh yeah, I've got to kick myself in the ass here and get on with something. <laughs> so, and you know, I'm not the the guy that's. Um, I mean, I eat well, probably a little bit more than I should, but it's um, you know, I don't I don't go out and you know, run 13 k's a day and stuff like that. I try and get my 10,000 steps in, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> walking around or whatever. But but yeah, I mean, to me, it's all just um, ideas and um, you know, thrown to that just. Uh, you know, playing uh, in a band on Wednesday night just with some mates, just rocking out some old man sort of Kais, Alison Change tunes. We're writing it, but it's just all um, just my wife, fun. And- yeah, wife says to me, she goes, you're a much more rounded figure when you've got bands in your life. And I hadn't played for about six years because, you know, this can, uh, this side of the business can sort of suck the soul out of you in that way. Yeah. And then Dicey and I and our chef mate Chris and uh, another mate Gareth Morris who used to play in a band called Infected back in the day. We've we've got another thing called Spice Pounder that we're putting out and the um the album is uh gonna be called Seasoning the Pit and it's uh it's basically if you think the Seinfeld episode of Kramer's 
coffee table book that's a coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this album, each song is a recipe, and um, it's going to be a cookbook. So basically, the singer Chris sings, you know, ingredients method. Um, and then you'll be able to sort of like throw it on and cook track three oh. type thing. So, um, yeah, sort of, uh, never done this before, but sort of reached out to a few sort of contacts in bands around the world. I've got a Fuck few yeah. special guests on there. Oh, but, um, awesome. they'll release that sometime next year. But it's, uh, it's very cool. I think there's what some of the tunes on there Lamingtons of God, Annihilation <laughs> of the Wicked Wings, Banger 18. <laughs> 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 you watch that'll be like the most successful thing you've ever done oh probably it'll yeah. be like it's, I think it's gonna it's gonna be more in the comedy section than the, <laughs> the metal section <laughs> I hope <laughs> oh man that's crazy Um, you mentioned just with um, ideas and whatnot. do you have like a bit of a um, I don't know a bit of a, an ADHD personality as far as like coming up with ideas all the time like just your mind just doesn't stop oh, I don't do know I mean I, I think it, you know Big on quotes and all that. Was it Da Vinci said the best best ideas often come from the bottom of a bottle of red wine? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will I will honestly tell you that so many tours and ideas, whether they be for you know, bands or tours or um, anything, have come from me probably having too many beers than I should have sitting up one night going oh I'm scribbling shit down or being a bit stoned and going oh what about that? But you know. Think of all those stoner ideas that get left on the table around the world every day. All it's a matter of doing is writing it down and following it through. There'd be some amazing shit out there, man, that people haven't done, you know? I tell you what, some of the best, the best things that I've ever come up with have been uh, after several beers. And, and I think the biggest thing of that is that for whatever reason, it quietens the mind where you just get focused on one thing. Yeah. Because when you when you're sober and you've got a million different things going on, you're thinking about commitments, distractions, all sorts of stuff that's 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 fighting for your attention. Yeah. But when you've had a few beers or whatever else, suddenly the world just comes to your feet and you go, huh. Then suddenly mm. there's a single thought, and then that becomes your world for the next however many hours that you. <laughs> yeah, or however long you want to you want to let it entertain you. Like yeah. I mean, it's no different to coming out with a riff. You know, yeah. Whether it's you or Tim or whatever, sitting down and go, oh check that out or yeah. you bring it to a jam or you write at home some riffs go in one ear and out the other same with ideas for business or life in general or um you know i'll, I'll have ideas like um, um with raising of my kids i take that very very seriously you know i you know i don't, I don't want to produce idiots so it's <laughs> <laughs> i like that <laughs> that's, that's on me you know like, yeah, yeah. that's my well, he's 20 now but you know, when you're wow. 15 man between next three years i'm your best mate i said but there's going to be times where you're just going to be going, fuck you, dad, because it is my responsibility to put a, a well-mannered, level-headed, respectful man out into the world. You know, I mm. brought him in here. It's the least I can do for him. Yeah. You know, so um, if, if that wasn't the case, well, it's me that's failed, not him. Yeah. So um, same thing, but the ideas um, for anything, you know, and how, what color you might want to paint your car or what drawing you want to do, or it's just whether you follow through is the main thing, whether you want to follow through on it. Do you bank your ideas anywhere? Like if you're coming up with ideas, so if you're around with other people or and you come up with an idea in the heat of the moment, are you, do you put them somewhere and just come back to like you've got a little vault of... All the time, whiteboards in my office, little notepads, notes on your iPhone, yep. 
I, my diary is just chock as full of shit. One day I sit down and just flick back through all my, my diaries over 10 years or something. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? But everything, man. I mean, just write it down. I mean, yeah, I, li- I like to have a beer. I like to smoke a bit of weed. I like to, you know, just forget about things sometimes. So if something comes in, I instantly write it down or, or document it somewhere. Yeah, cool. and you may not act on it right there, but you'll circle back yeah. on it. You know, we've got a thing coming up, Dicey and I, uh, a range of um, clothing that we're putting out called GGC, which is Gary Goodcoat. Oh, yeah. I've got to ask you about Gary. Yeah. So it was... It was... Uh, Who's uh, Gary and what does he do? Gary... <laughs> oh, you should interview Gary when you're down in Tasmania. Dave no, Dave yeah. Lowen, who used to play in Portal and, yeah, um, okay. and stuff like that. So yeah. we... It was after, uh, I think, Arch Enemy Tour in 2011 and we'd gone out, had a big night. Everyone was leaving the next day and Dave... We'd come back from the valley and... Dave curls up in a ball on the floor in a uh, at the Kangaroo Point Hotel there. And it's like, man, you're right. He goes, yeah, yeah, I've got to get down to the Goldie for like seven o'clock tomorrow morning. I said, why? He goes, oh, Nash, uh, <laughs> National Heats for something. He was number two bodyboarder in the state of the, oh, in, the, right. in, the, in the country or something at the time. And he goes down and we come down about 11 o'clock and he's back at the bar with the v, nurse at a VB. I'm like, how'd you go, mate? He goes, oh, I came second. He goes, oh, there's a fucking bunch of Gary Good cunts in my heat, eh? Because <laughs> my mate Jim Parker was with us and he's just lost it and gone, oh, man, I'm calling everyone on that that I, I like Manos. <laughs> and we'd forgotten about it and we're just talking about it and whatever. And like Dahlia guys heard it and then Trevor on this last tour and Trevor started calling everyone Gary Good cunts and was putting things on his on their uh, Facebook page like, hey, Sydney, be a Gary Good cunt and come down to the Manning Bar. And it went from there and Daniel yeah, on stage, come on, you Garys. <laughs> and I said to Dyson, you know, we came up with this little dude and it looks like a Dolce & Gabbana logo, but kind of thing. when you tip, tilt him on the side, it looks like he's holding a beer or rubbing one out, whatever you will. <laughs> and so we just come up with it and just be a Gary. And uh-huh. yeah, there's camo hoods, there's hats, there's black t-shirts. And so straight away I was sort of messaged Brian from Dahlia and he, he just listed me all the Dahlia members' shirt sizes. That was the reply. <laughs> <laughs> so, pile, um, youngie from Parrot 101 that he... Apparently he said oh, he told it. He told Phil Anselmo and he wants one. <laughs> so we'll, we'll oh, see. Man. We'll see well, how that goes. But yeah, yeah so, <laughs> but um, it's just something we want to do for shits and giggles. Like, That's funny though. Yeah, just this limited. Press all you need, and- all you need, is some uh, modelling shots from all those guys. Chuck them on the website, oh, and then uh, then you'll be set. Oh, it's got nothing to do with making money. We're happy to lose <laughs> money on this thing. I would just love to get on someone's Facebook one day and see someone at a festival with one of these shirts on. That would... That, crowd shot. Yeah, There's just one guy at the barrier with his arms yeah, up in the air and just uh, yep. G, GGC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on. yeah. Just be a Gary, you know. So, <laughs> so we've, we've got a, a full spiel and backstory on him, you know, Gary G. Kunte and where he started out. <laughs> the story. Well, every every good business needs a story as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's purely for a giggle. If it makes people laugh, cool. Yeah, if, you know... If, People bite, they do. If they don't, they don't. Whatever. We'll oh, give be- them away. I don't care. Between that and your recipe uh, metal album, uh, they'll probably be the two most successful ventures that you've ever uh, ever been involved with. Yeah, and- just complete nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think on that note, um, we'll wrap it up. But um, fuck, like absolutely impressed. You're just nonstop. And I think since I've known you since, I don't know, 05 or 06 or whatever it is. Do you remember when we met for, for the very first time? Mm. It was Adelaide, remember- I'll give you that much. Where? It was Adelaide. Oh, when I missed my flight? I think so. And it was yeah. in, in that shitty Prince's Arcade, I think in a psychotic room. We're all just hung over yes. as all hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll quickly tell the story and then we'll wrap it up. Um, it would have been against the Green Festival before yes, they changed it to right. New Dead. Yeah. And I flew over and uh, my whole thing was, 
I had a couple of bucks to spare. There was a cheap sail flight, and I thought, fuck it, I'm going to go to Adelaide and get pissed, yeah. do an all-night, and then just jump on the first flight in the, uh, back in the morning. And um, so, great show, lots of great bands. We're drinking at the Enigma, and then um, everyone's just started to just wind down. And so, I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? And I think it might have even been Joe Haley went, oh, we're just staying up the road at the Princess Arcade, like little... Uh, motel thing there and uh just want to crash on the floor or whatever i'm like oh yeah yeah good idea so anyway i think um joe ended up giving me his bed and he jumped in bed with dave that's right and and i was like so comfy and i was like oh this is nice and um didn't set my alarm and then i just happened to come out of my intoxicated haze and looked at the looked at the clock and went oh fuck my plane's boarding right now <laughs> and so i'm on the phone to virgin or whoever it was and they're like nah sorry you can't you can't rebook your flight you've passed the threshold and i'm like shit and so um yeah we ended up going out to jason north's place and um and there was uh, a bit of a barbecue and everyone was drinking beers or whatever because yeah, I think everyone was leaving later on. in the day. Yeah. And I was in I was in in the house on the computer on the phone to somebody else trying to find a credit card to go and book another flight out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, I'm Andy. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go, mate. <laughs> but uh, but oh fuck, that was a that was a fun weekend. But um, sometimes those those uh those mistakes you make end up being really really good so um, yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah most definitely well I, I can't thank you enough for, for having me here man i've been uh, listening to a few of your podcasts and stuff and yeah you're nailing it dude appreciate it yeah, sweet. all right man until next time and we'll do a recap um or a follow-up uh after the launch of bump in yeah i'd love to man next time in town it'll be open so we can uh we'll come do one up in the kitchen yeah we'll do one there yeah, yeah. sounds good oh sweet. can't wait all right thanks man <laughs> nice mate Cheers. thank you Thank you, folks. Brad Wesson. So if you want to reach out to Brad or check out any of the things that he's involved with or what we spoke about in this episode, you can go over to the show notes at andysocial.net. Everything's going to be over there as per all the previous guests on the Andy Social podcast. So please go over there, check out the details and make sure you reach out to some of these cool guests and let them know what you thought of the chat. Now, before I wrap things up, very quickly, episode 101, thank you very much, as always, for listening to this podcast. I keep saying it, but the numbers are getting bigger and better. Uh, The momentum that I've created from this by just being consistent and getting episodes out each week has really uh, been a great return on investment for me. So thank you so much for everyone that uh, waits patiently for Thursday to roll around when a new episode comes out. It's really, really cool. And um, it's great to see that uh, the listenership is growing. So very, very cool. Thank you very much. Uh, If you want to support this podcast more than just listening to it, which really that's all you need to do. But if you want to do something a bit more, the usual crap on social media, likes, tagging, commenting, reviewing, you know, I don't know, reviewing on social media, I'm sure, whatever, all that sort of stuff uh, goes a long way. Uh, you can also go to the andysocial.net page. If you shop on Amazon, there's a portal link on there. So you can go click on that link, which takes you to Amazon. And then you just purchase your products as per normal, but I get a small cut in the background. There is also a paypal.me link on my website that you can use if you want to throw me a couple of cents just to say thank you. That's really, really cool. And thank you so much for everybody that continues to do that. That's a, a nice little surprise when I grab my phone, I can see a little alert from PayPal. So thanks guys. That really is cool. But enough, 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 enough. Next week, another episode 102. We are creeping up. I wonder when episode 200 is going to roll around. Well, Bye.